Luke chapter 15. Our text for this morning is the verse 4. What man of you, and is the Lord addressing the Pharisees and the scribes, what man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it. The value of a soul as illustrated here in this parable. This chapter of Luke contains three parables as told by the Saviour. And each one of them teaches the same truth. Again, the value of one soul. The parable we want to consider today with the Lord's help is this one about the shepherd and his lost sheep. By way of introduction, we see first of all the crowd. You look there in the opening verse. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. The words drew near unto him mean that the publicans and sinners were continually drawing near unto him. So we have the picture that while Christ was preaching, more and more publicans and sinners would draw near unto Christ that they might hear him. Indeed, the words may also mean they busied in drawing near. So that gives us again the picture of a lot of activity going on around the Lord as people, publicans and sinners particularly, gathered in. They heard Christ preach and they came and they came and they kept coming to hear the Lord minister the word. So there was a great deal of activity as more and more publicans and sinners drew near to Christ to hear him. This also shows that ordinary people publicans and sinners did not fear at all about drawing nigh to Christ they saw that he was accessible they had no reluctance in drawing near to the Lord is that encouraging for all sinners is that encouraging for all sinners the Lord welcomes all comers. Praise his name. He welcomes all comers. And he welcomes them with open arms. Doesn't matter who you are. What you've done. What you've been. Where you've been. If you come to receive Christ as your Savior. The Lord will welcome you. There's no doubt about that at all. And here we see him welcoming publicans and sinners. As well as the crowd 
we have the critics they're never far away especially among the Pharisees and the scribes they've often noted that no matter where Christ was ministering the Pharisees particularly were right there they were like a pack of wild dogs they would follow Christ everywhere hoping to catch him out in his words ready to attack him <coughs> sure you remember the Lord walking with his disciples through a cornfield and lo and behold the Pharisees were there criticizing the disciples because they plucked the ears of corn we are told here they murmured against him that word murmured is a word that means they murmured greatly or they were constantly murmuring you can just see them can't you as they saw the Lord welcoming publicans and sinners and these Pharisees and scribes standing there muttering and murmuring against the Saviour because he was welcoming publicans and sinners that word is only found in one other place in the New Testament that is over in Luke 19 there in Luke 19 we read in the verse 7 verse 7 Luke 19 and verse 7 and when they saw it same crowd again when they saw it they all not just a few of them they all murmured saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner taking the two references to the word murmuring shows us how opposed the Pharisees and the scribes were to the Lord have anything to do with sinners they were so self-righteous so self-righteous they didn't know anything about the value of a soul they didn't have a burden for souls no but yeah they were ready to murmur against the one who did seek sinner who did have a value knew what the value of a never die soul was here we have as well as the crowd and the critics we notice the confession in their ignorance of the Lord and their ignorance and their criticism of the Lord they said something that was very true and they didn't know it what did they say this man receiveth sinners that's right 
when they spoke those words to criticize Christ. But they never spoke truer words. This man receiveth sinners. And that is true. Think of it. If Christ did not receive sinners, where would any of us be today? We'd be in a lost eternity. That's right. We'd be doomed and damned forever. And so we ought to thank the Lord, those who have been born again. We ought to thank the Lord every day for receiving us, poor, hell deserving, no good sinners. This man received the sinners. And so he does. And this parable that the Lord told emphasized that solemn truth that Christ received the sinners and that the sinner the soul of a sinner is of tremendous value <coughs> the value of a soul think of it the value of your soul the value of my soul the Lord puts it in the words of this parable want you to notice regarding this parable about the shepherd and the sheep, the lost sheep we notice first of all the pursuit the Pharisees and scribes obviously had no love for publicans and sinners which indicated they didn't know anything but the value of the soul the value of a man's soul they had no idea about the value of the soul and here in this parable the Lord teaches them something of the value of a lost soul here we see first of all the search the search the Lord said which man of you which of you directing his words to the Pharisees and the scribes if you had a hundred sheep and you lost one would you not go and look for it you would leave the ninety and nine and if one sheep went astray you would take time and go and look for it why why would you go and look for one soul or one sheep why because to the shepherd one sheep is of great value remember David David before he was king was a shepherd before he went out against Goliath he told Saul how he delivered a lamb how he delivered a sheep out of the mouth of a bear and a lion now no doubt David would have had hundreds of sheep but he was prepared to risk his life for one for one why? because that one sheep was valuable to David 
Not one sheep was valuable to David. So it is with man's soul. Man's soul is valuable. The Lord has told us something of the value of the soul. The Lord has said, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? In other words, the Lord was saying, And the soul of a man is of more value than all that is in the world. All that is in the world, one soul is of more value. More value than all the gold in the world, the silver in the world, the precious stone in the world. So the shepherd would go in search of one lost sheep because of its value. Now we know by the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd left heaven's glory left the very bosom of his father and came into this world what to do to seek and to save that which was lost does that not tell you the value of the soul that God's son became man that he might go to the cross that he might shed his blood because without the shedding of blood there is no remission there's no removal of sin listen if Christ had not come into this world as God manifest in flesh and had not gone to the cross and shed his precious blood let me tell you there wasn't there was no hope for any man on the face of the earth we will all perish because Christ had to shed his blood and the only way he could shed his blood was when he became man and the blood that flowed through his veins the sinless blood he was without blemish and without spot praise his name something else that adds the value to his soul his soul never dies you know that we often speak about never dying soul would that not add to this value remember what Job said Job said, man dieth and wastes the way, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? It's evidently not speaking about the body because it's in the grave. Man dieth and wastes the way, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? Where is he in eternity? Heaven or hell? Where is he? Think of it. Where will you be when you give up the ghost? Where will you be in eternity? Heaven or hell? Then the Lord Jesus came into the world 
the sake of the sin not with law to save us from going down into hell Christ saw the value of the soul as well as the search we have the steadfastness the Lord made it clear that this shepherd would not give up seeking for that lost sheep until he had found it he would not give up the Lord tells us <coughs> that the shepherd would go after that which is lost until he finds it <coughs> so while the sheep was lost the shepherd would go on with the searching he would not give up he would not turn back he would not abandon his search what a wonderful picture we have are given here by the Lord about himself those who were saved here in the meeting today you look back on your life before you came to a saving knowledge of Christ and you have an idea just how long the Lord sought your lost soul from your childhood days you were taught about Christ the Savior on your mother's knee you were sent to Sabbath school as a child and in those days the Lord spoke to you then about receiving him as saviour remember, remember what the Lord said suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for the such is the kingdom of heaven and then the Lord seek you out as a child as the head writer's printed O sinner the saviour is calling for thee long long has he called thee and thee he called thee with joy and has cried to thy death. He called thee in sorrow and pain. Not right. When you suffered sorrow and pain and sickness, the Lord spoke to you then. We had a family came to the church here a good number of years ago and his wife and three sons we discovered that that lady had just been diagnosed with leukemia she was here this day and the gospel was preached and she and her husband stayed behind wanted to be pointed to Christ that woman told us afterwards she said the way she put it was said you know the Lord led me on my back that I might look up the Lord led me on my back that I might look up the Lord sought her in sorrow and fear 
And then her tale, she received Christ as her Savior. The Lord has gone on searching for sinners. Has he been searching for you, sinner? How long? You were told the gospel, as I said, when you were a child. You got up into your teenage years. You heard the gospel again preached to you, and the Lord spoke to you. And you knew you needed to be saved. You were told about Christ and the value he put on a man's soul when he left heaven and went to the cross. If you want to know the value of a soul, you don't need to look to Calvary. You want to know the value of a soul? You don't need to look to the one on the center tree. You want to know the value of a soul? Look at the blood. As it flowed from his hands, his feet, his side, his brow, his back. That will tell you something of the value of the soul. That Christ was prepared to go through all of that. That sinners like you might receive. And go at last to heaven. He's a wonderful saviour. He's a wonderful shepherd. As well as the search. Steadfastness. Shepherd went on searching until he found the sheep that leads us to the success. The success. The shepherd did not give up until the lost sheep was found. Verse 5. Notice something there. In verse 5. And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. He led the sheep on his shoulders. He carried it home. In other words, when he fired the sheep, he didn't allow the sheep to walk home itself. So what is so significant about that? But what is significant about that? The Lord is the one who brings lost sinners home. It's the Lord that does the saving. It's the Lord who goes out and searches the lost sheep until he finds it and he carries the lost sheep home. The Lord goes out after that lost soul and seeks that lost soul until he finds it and he brings the sheep home. He brought you home and he brought me home. That teaches us that man has no part whatsoever in his or her salvation. It's all of God. From start to finish, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. What was Jonah's message from the belly of the fish? Salvation is off the Lord. 
No. No, we don't assist the Lord in any way regarding our salvation. It was all of God. For we were dead, trespassed, <coughs> and then sinned. Dead man can't do much for himself. And so here we have the Lord illustrated or pictured for us in this parable. The shepherd carries the sheep home. And the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd, brought us home to his fold. As well as the pursuit, you have the prayers. These religious Pharisees and scribes, and neither a concern, a love, or a burden for poor and also none. And they, of course, criticize the Lord Jesus because he had a burden and a love for poor law. So sure didn't he weep over them in the garden? Did he sweat as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground? <coughs> they may rejoice over finding a lost sheep. But no such rejoicing, no such praise over finding a lost soul. They didn't care. And here we have them criticizing the dear Savior for that very thing, for seeking lost sheep. They're seeking lost souls. Notice then the reception. The sheep has been found and brought home and the shepherd findeth his lost sheep and calls upon friends and neighbours to rejoice and celebrate with him is it true that those who appreciate the value of a lost soul when they hear of somebody been saved do they not say Amen? Do they not give thanks to the Lord? They may not know the person, but when they hear of the soul been saved, they're just glad. Because hell has been robbed of a soul. <coughs> and there is rejoicing. I have seen that reception myself first time. But I've seen someone at a meeting and they've given their heart to the Lord. And when they've gone back out into the congregation again, their family members are waiting for them. And what rejoicing as they throw their arms around the repentant sinner. Rejoicing that that son, that daughter, that husband, that wife, that friend, I got saved at last. <coughs> because that individual had the long prayed for. I tell you something. There's someone in this meeting today 
for to receive Christ as Savior. There will be some rejoicing in this house. Some rejoicing in this house. And maybe after the meeting, <coughs> the phoning a friend and saying, you know what has happened? So and so got saved today. That's a good old-fashioned word, isn't it? Saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when somebody gets saved, oh, there's rejoicing. On earth, there's rejoicing in heaven. And so, we see the reception <coughs> and the rejoicing. Verses 5 and 6. And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Notice carefully in this parable, the shepherd was the first to rejoice. And then he says to his family and friends, Rejoice with me. No, that's true. But it's applied to Christ. The person who rejoices the most, the person who is first to rejoice, is Christ Himself. We know that from Hebrews 12. There in Hebrews 12, verse 2, what do we read? Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, listen, who for the joy, who for the joy that we set before him, before Christ, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yes, there would be the despising, there would be the shame. But the dear Savior looked beyond that. He looked beyond that and he had joy. He had the joy in going to the cross and being despised and rejected of men. Suffering all that he suffered. Yet he looked beyond that. And his heart was filled with joy. Because he was going to rescue souls from a lost eternity. Christ saw the value of the soul <coughs> that he was willing to suffer so much 
believer, for you, and for me. <coughs> now the Lord applies the truth contained in the parable. He's saying there is joy on earth, yes, over over a Pharisee finding a lost sheep. There's joy on earth. But the Lord says, Ah, but there's joy in heaven. Over one soul. Let us see. You think of that. One soul. Just one. Preacher may labor for years. The great theologian, John Owens, John Owens, a great theologian, mighty man, man of God. But he envied John Bunyan. John Owens, do you know something? John Owens never led one soul to Christ. And he envied John Bunyan because Bunyan had led many to Christ. was sorry that he'd never been used the way Bunyan was used but he was used in another area in theology and here the Lord is telling us that one soul is one soul one and a hundred one there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God in heaven does that not in itself tell you something about the value of the soul? That the glorified saints rejoice when they get the word, the soul has been saved. Those saints burst into song and give glory to God. And what do they sing? When one soul is saved, what do they say? Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. The Lord has given all the glory over one soul to see. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Not the angels, in the presence of the angels. We notice finally we have the pursuit and there's the praise and then we have here the picture. The Lord has painted a picture in telling this parable. And after telling the parable the Lord now speaks directly to the Pharisees and scribes. We have that. Verse 7 there we read, I say unto you, I say unto you, verse 4, what man of you? And then he says in verse 7, I say unto you, here it is then first of all the application. The seeking of the lost sheep 
the parable was a rebuke to those Pharisees and scribes. It was part of the intended purpose of the parable. There they had murmured against the Lord, greatly murmured, because he received publicans and sinners. Those religious leaders of Israel, they were considered the shepherds of the people, and yet they didn't have a thought for lost souls. Didn't mean a thing to them. You know, the Lord has something to say about ministers. They have no value for a lost soul. Read over in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 33. This is the Lord speaking. The Lord is speaking about shepherds. They will not go and seek lost souls. The Lord says, but if the watchman, same as the shepherd, if the watchman see the sword come, <coughs> in other words, danger come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. His blood, the Lord said, I will require at the watchman's hand, or the shepherd's hand. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not seek to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Who's the Lord talking about? He's talking about false shepherds. He's talking about those <coughs> who have no burden for souls. They have no idea about the value of their soul. And when you go over to the chapter 34, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel. <coughs> that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? can read through that chapter and it's woe upon woe upon woe upon those shepherds they feed themselves but not feed the flock the flock is to be fed with this the word of God but they don't do that and there you have the application the Lord applies it to those religious as well as the application to have the salvation. Again, in addressing those Pharisees and scribes, 
the Lord informed them what they needed to get to heaven. Yeah, these were religious leaders. But the Lord had to tell them, you're not right for heaven. They believed that their religion would take them there. Not so. Listen. The joy that shall be in heaven will be, listen, over one sinner that repenteth. No, not over one sinner that was religious. Not over one sinner that was good living. Not over one sinner that did the best they could. Not at all. This is the Lord's own word. Over one sinner that repenteth. There needs to be repentance of sin. If there's no repentance, the Lord says in Luke 13, 3 and 5, I shall also likewise perish. We need to get a hold of that. There needs to be repentance. What does the word repent mean? It means to have another mind. To have another mind. By the working of the Holy Spirit in the heart, the sinner turns away from his sinful life and has lived. And he has lived and now he receives Christ. And when he receives the Lord, he'll have a different mind. Praise the Lord. Any man that is in Christ, any man that is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's what it is to repent. That's what it is to flinch beneath the blood of Christ. And we read in John 10, the good shepherd, given is life of the sheep. There's the value of the soul. The Christ would give him life for the soul. Shed his blood. Suffer what he suffered to save your soul. Value from a man's soul. Let's bow our heads in prayer. <coughs> oh, our dear Lord, I was shown this today from my word. Sometimes the value of a man's soul. 
And our Lord will only touch the surface. The Lord, I have shown us the value that I just place on a soul. When I went to Calvary and shed thy blood and suffered so much that sinners might be saved from a lost eternity. Dear Lord, write thy word upon our hearts today. Bless our visitors. Bless them each one. May Lord and have a restful time. Be with us now, Lord, as we part the one from the other. Take us to our destination and sin. <coughs> May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now until the day breaks and the shadows all stay away. Amen. <coughs>